You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. rolls to the boys back to Kingsley curls the toys no, 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 no Kingsley magic hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club when routine bites hard and ambitions are low and resentment rides high but emotions won't grow and we're changing our ways, taking different roads. What are the lines after that? I think these days they sing, Hearts, hearts are falling apart again. <laughs> I'm Laurie Dunsire, enjoying hearts falling apart again and again. Aren't you, Mark Donaldson? Yeah, I am, but I got in trouble. I was out of walk, so we drop our daughter off at the school bus at 8.20 every morning. Then my wife and I go for a walk. We've not had the best of weather over here. It's just been overcast, it's been cold, snow and everything. We've had a couple of really nice days. So I had a, I don't know why, I woke up early this morning, had a smile on my face, went a walk, and my wife Lainey, she's like, what are you so happy about this morning? Straight as a flat, I didn't even think, I was just like, hearts. She goes, you prick. I said, what? She goes, it could have been me, it could have been your daughter, it could have been the weather. You didn't even think about it and you went straight to hearts. I said, you've known me now, we've been together 26 years. I said, come on. I said, my mood's affected by many things, but it's, I don't know what it is about this season. I am so involved and into this football club, and I always have been, but I don't know what it is about this year. I, as I said a few Helps weeks when ago... you're winning. It does. Well, it does, and as I said a few weeks ago, I had to explain to my daughter what fucking yes meant when, when Shankland scored at Easter Road. Thankfully now, that they, they kind of know. I put Hearts games in, in my calendar on the phone, right? So, she, so she's aware... Um, when hearts are playing so it's no coincidence that her and Ava Grace go out when hearts are playing now because they I just get I get involved in it I get really involved and oh my mood swings on Saturday my word I, I mean I'm I'm three and a half thousand miles away I don't know what it was like to be there my pals were there uh, Toshney was there from from Pennycook sending me photos from behind the goal and just it's it's I'm loving this I, I really am. I'm, I'm loving it right now, and it's it's great being a Hearts fan. It is. It was very enjoyable, actually. Um, I mentioned this on on Twitter. I was I was up north over the weekend, and my dad stays in Angus. That's where I grew up, and I decided to pick him up a ticket. He doesn't always go these days, not as regularly. So I picked him up a ticket. He does have a season ticket, but doesn't go all the time. So I picked him up a ticket and said, "I'll pick you up and I'll take you to the game." So. Took him to the game, got my ticket right behind the goal, so he was directly behind the goal, uh, right near the ultras and 
had a good view of the goals. He was taking videos of them singing away and enjoyed it. And I said, I quite like the the almost football circle of life that he carted me around in the mm-hmm. car all around the country watching Hearts when I was a kid. And now it's my turn to try and repay the favour, even just occasionally. So I enjoyed it. Obviously, it would be nice to get to sit with him, but I was up in the scaffolding, basically, getting all the wind at Dens Park. But I, I, it sounded I, blowy, did it not? Wow. It, it was, yes. It was very, very windy. I think the away end was a lot more covered and sheltered than we were. Uh, we will talk about Dundee Hearts in a Seb. So it's only, only a little segment because we have a special guest coming on since <clears> this <throat> week. It's Airdrie against Hearts on Sunday. <laughs> Who else? Who else could we get on if it's Airdrieonians against Hearts other than Mr. Airdrie and Mr. Hearts, Jimmy Sanderson? Um, I think we could probably call it the Jimmy Sanderson Derby, couldn't we? You will. So we will. We'll get, we'll get him on shortly so we won't take up too much time talking about the Dundee and Hearts game. Uh, Mr. McGowan has um, somehow managed to duck out of this one. No surprise there with St. Johnson Hearts coming up. I'm sure you'll Eek his head up if St. Johnson get a result on Wednesday, but both he and Scott have um, DIY-related man duties, I think, around the house to get on with. So Can you say that these days? Man duties? It's a bit sexist, isn't uh, it? It probably is. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'll just say they have duties around the house then. Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't want so, any dear, dear points of view letters. No, just just the two of us, and then we'll be a, a magic three when Mr. Sanderson joins us. Uh, before we get on, I, I just want to have a quick look. We've got a couple of emails. Uh, first one, uh, let's see. We've got this email here. It says, good evening, guys. I'm a jambo stuck down in England and a huge fan of your show, especially when the gang's on all together. Sorry about that this time. I wanted to get your take, especially now the window's closed, about the job Joe Savage is doing. I personally think he's been an amazing addition to the staff, and I'm actually nervous another team might pinch him from us. The players he's brought in have worked very well, apart from one or two, and he replaced Robbie at the right time. I feel he would be just as big a loss as Shankland. Uh, the only thing he could do better is bring Ryan in as a number nine. He's, he was definitely hoping Ryan was here to hear that one. Keep up the good work, guys. Can't wait for this week's episode. And that email's from uh, Josephine Savage. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yes. I'm joking. It's, you know, it's an email from someone called Chris. Chris Mears. So thank you for the email, Chris. Uh, yeah, don't have a big debate about Savage one way or the other. He's, he's had plenty of praise when we were he was doing well. He's had some criticism and some of it I thought was unwarranted. I think for now I would I, I would like to just focus on and how we're doing. I think sometimes we've maybe focused too much on what Savage does. You know, he isn't the, he isn't the scout. I think he's doing a decent job with some of the recent acquisitions and some of the contract renewals. I think if he plays a part in Shanklin's staying, that'll certainly be a big positive. But uh, yeah, it's it's the ups and downs, isn't it, of hearts. It won't take much for public opinion to swing the other way again. I think it's very difficult when asked about someone in particular. When if it's a player... We see everything that player does, apart from yeah. training Monday to Friday. I Joe Savage has given enough interviews to Heart Standard, to the official website, to Barry Anderson, to to, to everything. Now, that's Joe Savage giving those interviews. And if, if I'm interviewed, if you're interviewed or anything like that, you, you make it not about yourselves, but you try and paint yourself in a in a good light. We we don't know how much Joe Savage is involved in X, Y, or or Z. So. It depends your perception 
of the person, if you are pro, if you're against. Um, again, there's no point in, in just going in with, with a two-footed challenge and then you find out, by the way, you know how you said Joe did this or Joe did that? Well, he didn't, actually. It was somebody else. And you, you are left to look stupid. So you can look at Tagawan. You can look at the deal that he got. Um, you can look at Lawrence Shanklin. I mean, Shanklin was Robbie's signing. Benny Beningamy was Nasey's signing. Um, Frankie Kent, I'm sure, was was Joe was heavily involved in that. That's been a success. So there is no such thing, whether it's a sporting director, a director of football, a head of recruitment, a chief scout, or whatever, that will ever and never has get 100% of transfers correct. If we finish third then Joe Savage isn't the headline. It's the players. It's Stephen Naismith. It's the management team. It's the board for having faith, as our chief executive explained at the opening of the hotel a few days ago. And the hotel looks brilliant, by the way. Um, Andrew McKinley was, was talking about the outside noise. There's always a lot of outside noise. And there will be, when you're a club as big as hearts, that noise will always exist. But it's about shutting off that noise it, it, it's about filtering it out it's about concentrating on where we are right now and as it stands we have a 12 point lead over our nearest challengers Kilmarnock in third we have played 24 of 38 but last year we were third we were seven clear of Livingston and it was Aberdeen that came with seven seven wins in a row and, and beat the chasing pack Hearts should be good in third but let's have the conversation. Let's have our annual review at the end of the season. Then we can talk about Joe Savage. We can talk about Stephen Naismith. We can talk about the board, the coaching staff, and the players. Right now, I'm happy with everything at the football club that I know about. But I don't wish to comment on things I don't know about because that's when you can get tripped up. We got another email. It was from Tom Laurie, who actually emailed just after we recorded the last podcast. He was looking to get a mention for his mate Alan Graham who is uh, out for the Aberdeen game on his stag and then I think the Dundee game as well so he said he dropped another email so I have to mention it this time he says I want to drop another email in the hope of getting the stag a wee mention this is for Alan Graham he gets married on the 4th of May to Jane a uh, massive jambo there was 25 of us at hospitality on Saturday at Dens not all jambos some don't even really follow football but it was a great day out Alan even got his photo with Trevor Carson and Zach Robinson. I don't think Zach Robinson uh, uh, thank, was thanking me for missing the header just before we scored the winner too well. Um, apparently, the sports end after the game on Saturday, they were talking hearts only to another seven points to guarantee third. What do you guys reckon? It's an unbelievable run we're on just now, considering where we were after 10 games. In the last 14 games, we've picked up 34 out of 42. Um, after 10 games, we were so close to relegation places. Now lie 12 clear in third. He um, goes on to say later on, uh, after Saturday's hospitality, I know how you feel, um, how you must feel having to quash your emotions when the Jambo scored a winner and you're sitting in a home stand surrounded by opposition fans. Great fun. We all went back to White's Pub just up the road from Dens on Saturday, which was full of away fans, and we sang karaoke. Alan was singing um, the Dave Clark Five, glad all over. Um, and that went, went down very well with the whole pub. Hope you enjoyed the game too. I'm away to buy tickets for Wednesday night now. Come on the Jambos, Tom Laurie. So thank you for the email, Tom. And yeah, uh, a, a, a big 
free congratulations to Alan Graham when he gets married to Jane in May. Um, and on that note, let's we'll move on. We'll get cracking. Okay, so let's start this week's podcast, which oh is sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Can't forget to drop that one in, of course. Dundee against Hearts. We'll have a quick listen back to that one now. Beck cuts it inside, though, to Luke McCowan. Curls into the box, not bad ball. McGee head on it's in. And it's Jordan McGee again against his former side. It's a really good ball from Luke McCowan to find McGee, who stooped to head in. It's a third goal against his former side. And it's Dundee 1, Hartford and Lothian 0. Here's Oda, Shanklin on the spin. Good play from Shanklin. Still going, still going, Shanklin. It's Chan! Yeah! It's in! Come on! Alan Forrest levels! Shanklin, the architect! Forrest knocking it in! And Hearts equalise in the 10th minute of the second half. Dundee 1, Hearts 1. Finds Bakayoko. Nice touch from him to Cameron. Slick play this from Dundee. Cameron. Looks to take on Civic. Lyle Cameron cuts inside. Good play. Right foot shot. Great finish. That is a really good finish there from Lyle Cameron. It was a nice move from Dundee. To be fair, from back to front. And Lyle Cameron unleashes an unstoppable right foot shot into the left corner of the net. It's his fourth of the season. It's his second in as many games against Hearts. And it's Dundee 2, Hearts 1. Three penalties in a row missed. Lawrence Shankland, the former Dundee United player, in front of the Hearts fans here at Dens Park. Can he calm his nerves? He yes! Lawrence Shankland draws Hearts level. The goalkeeper got a touch in off the post. But Shanklin gets goal number 20 of the season to the delight of the 2,500 travelling Hearts faithful. And it's Dundee 2, Hart and Midlothian 2. And now it's getting all a bit bad tempered out there. Shanklin battling for it. It'll break to Vargas. Chance on the counter for Hearts. Vargas midway inside the Dundee half. Slips it to Shanklin. Still going, Shanklin. Shanklin! Yes! yes! That's Lawrence Shanklin again! Oh, what a finish! Brilliant from Shanklin! Brilliant into the bottom left corner! He's been throwing the taunts from the Dundee fans through this one. But that's a terrific finish, and I think he enjoyed this one back on Tayside. The two and a half thousand Hearts fans in the way, and certainly did. Shanklin again, the keeper gets a touch, but it's such a good effort. It squeaks into that bottom left corner. And what a game. It's again a five-goal thriller between these two sides. Dundee 2, Hearts 3. So, second meeting of Dundee and Heart of Midlothian uh, in less than two weeks after a five-goal thriller at Tynecastle, 11 days prior to this one. Kai Rolls and Natty Atkinson still away with Australia, albeit heading home now from the Asian Cup. Barry Mackay, Liam Boyce, Cammy Devlin and Peter Haring were all injured and Stephen Kingsley missed out with illness in this one so just one change from the side started the previous game against Aberdeen that was the enforced change Kingsley out Toby Sibbett coming into the back four Hearts keeping the 4-2-3-1 shape with Clark and goals Len Bikisa right Cochrane left Sibbett and Kent in the middle Neuenhoff and Beningame sitting Oda and Forrest to width with Grant 
Hind, captain and striker, of course, leading the line, Lawrence Shankland. Game started at a decent tempo, which is maybe what we should expect from these sides when they meet. Both sides playing with a good amount of intent. What we say the danger down the left for each. Owen Beck back at Dundee looking very impressive. But Cochrane and Forrest were getting forward well down the left for Hearts. But the opening goal went the way of Dundee. And this maybe sums up why the 4-2-3-1 doesn't always work for Hearts at the back. Mark, because it's a, it's a lovely ball from Luke McCowan who's got a really nice left foot on him and it's one of these players that seems to keep popping up against Hearts now, third goal overall second in as many games against his former club, Jordan McGee, similar to a goal he scored at Dens Park against Hearts in 2021 actually in the Championship maybe Forrest um, part of the problem here, not picking him up but a stooping header from him and yeah, just defensively a few questions over that one I, I've just spoken about not wanting to comment too much for fear of, of erroneous comments because you don't know the full story with regards to what does Joe Savage do or what happens behind the scenes and what happens at training. So there was a lot of talk and a lot of comments about what the hell is Toby Civic starting for ahead of Craig Halkett? If we're not playing a, a four, then we should be playing a three at the back and why is Craig Halkett not playing? Craig Halkett was touch and go. Craig Halkett came down with the same illness. Yeah. I didn't know this at the time, as, as Stephen Kingsley. Kingsley missed out. Halkett was fit enough for the bench. Now, had Craig Halkett have been 100%, would he have started? Don't know. Because Toby Civic was chosen for a role, and that role was uh, because he's, he's pacier. Um, but him and Kent hadn't really played together as a two ever or for a while. So the, the opening goal came, um, and, and yeah, the, the, there were mistakes and, and there were errors. It was it was taken very well by Jordan McGee. I thought it was a really good ball that was put into the into the box. But yeah, I just I think you're right. When when we play four, regardless of who it is, we're we're more open um for the opposition to attack us. I think we're we're better going forward. We should be better going forward because we've got more bodies but yeah we should have tried to do better to stop the cross at source and yeah McGee was one of their most advanced players on the day and, and we didn't yeah. get anybody close to him and it was a really good finish so McGee giving Dundee the lead it was like that at half time but didn't think it was a poor hearts performance quite no, an even game no. I think could easily have been level I thought both sides were attacking with like I said decent intent could have easily been the other way if hearts had taken a chance uh, second half starts, no changes for Hearts at that point. And 10 minutes into the second half, Lawrence Shanklin involved, weaves his way into the box, and Alan Forrest turns it home to make it three goals and four assists for the season so far. And I thought he was really good. Yeah, know, Maybe some question marks over his involvement in the defending for the Dundee opener, but that's not really his forte. But I thought going forward, I, I don't want to criticise really too much in this game. I thought Oda wasn't really too involved in this game. But no. I thought Forrest on the other side was just the opposite. Mm -hmm. He caused so many problems and he's just he's been great for us this campaign. Yeah, he's just got he's got a, a head of steam up and he's he's got momentum. Um I thought we were really good uh before they got the opening goal. But we were really good up to a point and it kind of fell apart a little bit in the final third. And interestingly enough, sometimes you, you hear managers' comments. If it's your manager it usually mirrors what, what you think, unless you're going through a, a bad patch and you're like, what game has he watched? 
Stephen Naismith pretty much said that. He said he was really pleased up until Dundee scored with the way that Hearts were playing, but he felt they could have been better middle to front. It had a lot of passes. There was decent movement. Players were coming short for it, but then it would break down. But that, again, we, we seem to have an ability, and I know we don't score. We haven't scored in the first half since the St Mirren game. 14 in a row we've scored in the second half. Uh, this was one of them by Alan Forrest, but it was at a good time. And it, it kind of was, it wasn't a carbon copy as far as the actual way the goal was scored. But did we not have uh, James, sorry, did we not have George Grant being pushed out the way by uh, Lawrence Shankland, and now we had um, Lawrence Shankland being mm-hmm. pushed out the way by Alan Forrest. I love that. I love the fact that it's not just down to one player. We've got options, and if it wasn't Shankland, it was Forrest. And I thought I thought he took the goal really well, and he doesn't he doesn't allow the goalkeeper Trevor Carson to get set. He takes it quickly, and and it was just it was a really good goal. The problem was we didn't hold on to getting back on level terms for long enough. No, less than five minutes later, it's a it's a great flowing move from Dundee. To be fair, and you, you, I thought Civic settled into the game pretty well, but you could, maybe he needs to engage a bit quicker here when Lyle Cameron gets it and works it onto his right foot. But you've got to credit him; he's he's a really promising young midfielder, and it's a cracking finish into the bottom left corner. Uh, and that's when apparently I think hearts are falling apart again. It's ringing out in the stands, although it would be ringing out from the other end of the stadium by full time. <laughs> I think I said in commentaries. This is not a song that ever comes back to bite anyone, is it? <laughs> you did. Um, you did. And it was it was a really good game, I think, to I be fair. I was just about to say that, yep. I think as we said it again in commentary before Hearts were even level. You know, It's just two teams going at it. And yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, you can question defending from both sides over the piece. Hearts fans will question some of the decisions at the back from their team. Dundee will do the same. But I just liked that it was two teams going for it. And Dundee, yeah. on the whole... At, Changed slightly after the second goal. They, they got a little bit deeper, but for a lot of it, even when they're 1-0 up, they weren't kind of sitting on it and trying to soak up pressure from Hearts. I, they were a bit more direct than Hearts, but they, they played some good stuff going forward. Uh, 30 minutes to go, Hearts got level. Uh, Lawrence Shanklin fashioned room for a volley really really well, hammered it goalwards, struck the hand of Ashcroft. At the time, both Rob and I on commentary thought it looked like a penalty. It was given by Graham Granger, who also gave a penalty to Hearts on Tayside late on at Tanadice back in 2022. Which uh, was also soft, if I remember rightly, was it not? That one was very soft. I mean, yeah. yeah. I've seen the replays afterwards. It, it It's a, a little, maybe a little harsher than what we thought when it happened. But is that just a problem with the handball rule these days? Yeah. English Premier League referees have had a lot of issues with this proximity. Now, arms outstretched, uh, he doesn't know. It's not outstretched because he's trying to stop the ball. It's just what is a natural position. It, it, I always think with a decision, if it goes against you um, compared to the decision that you get, how would you feel? You'd be pissed. And no wonder Tony Doherty was as well. And it's weird because if it's not given, it's not being given by VAR. And if it is given, it's not being overturned by no, VAR. I, I agree. And that, and that's it's really soft. But we take it. We, we take it and... Was it the best penalty? Doesn't matter because it ends up in the back of the net. Because um, of course George Grant has has been replaced what on the hour mark yep. by by Scott Fraser. He took the last one, scored the last one. If he'd been on, he would have taken that. Um, who takes the next one? That's an interesting question because Shanklin's it's... back among the goals Ooh. from the penalty spot. If he's on and George Grant's on, who takes the next one? 
I'll be interested to see what happens because yeah, yeah, Shanklin converts it twentieth of the season at that point. Keeper does get a hand to it. It's a decent dive by the goalkeeper Carson, but can't keep it out. I'd be, I, we'll have to wait and see. I think they'll decide that on the park at the time. I mean, George Grant's penalty was emphatic when he took it. Shanklin obviously missed three in a row, but he's back on it now. I mean, still sixteen out of twenty all in, or sorry, sixteen out of nineteen. I think is. You don't it's become bad. a bad penalty taker overnight. It's just no. confidence, isn't it? And it's things in your head and instinct for a, a striker. I mean, Lauren Sanklin just knows where the where the, the the goal is. And even when we're two one down prior to getting the penalty, it'd be interesting to see what Hearts fans think about this. But when we had Robbo, you always thought there's a chance because we've still got Robbo for two one down. If you were then a goal, we've still got a chance because we've got Robbo. I'm not sure we've had someone since Robbo that you felt like that. There's always a chance because we've got Lauren Shankland on the park. and, and he Scatchel a bit. I think Scatchel a little bit. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Dif- yeah. In a different way in many ways. Yep. You, you know, not a fox there. in the box, yeah. No, but he, he knew if it didn't matter if we'd been terrible for most of a game. It didn't matter he, if yeah, he'd not been involved. He just needed, you know, within 30 yards of goal, he could always pick something out. And I, I think with Shankland, I, I kind of mentioned this on, on Twitter as well, that it sums up why your main striker and how good he is is so crucial because you, you look at both ends of the park. Zach Robinson's on for Dundee at 2 2. It's a nice cross into him. He's what five yards out, free header. That's got to be a goal. Uh-huh. You know, a, a decent striker buries that. And then Dundee probably see the game, see the game out at 3 2. A few minutes later, the other end, you know, the Hearts move is what it's just that Alan Forrest blasting the ball clear to begin with and Shanklin just. He's so smart with little things he does, isn't he? The way he uses his body to shift Dodgson out the way and then his touch kind of sets Vargas on his way and then he gets the ball back from Vargas and it's half chance at best, isn't it, when he picks the ball up. He's still got a mm-hmm. defender in front of him and he shifts it really well onto his right foot and just picks out the bottom corner. And I just, you had that feeling, didn't you? Because the Dundee fans were giving him it tight the whole time, obviously. All the pantomime boos because he's a former Dundee United player commenting on his, his weight and, and just... Uh, and it just you could just see it's it's gonna happen, isn't it? You just, you just get that feeling, and I think that's where he is. And I mean, I think it's quite incredible. Davy Allen messaged us both about getting to fifty goals. I was actually quite surprised that Shankland. If, so Davy Allen basically said he's Lawrence is one off reaching fifty. If he reaches it within the next seven games, he'll either be ninth or tenth quickest to reach fifty. I thought he would be higher without having looked. Um, so if he, he can get, he's got 49 and 78 apps, but there's Archie Garrett got it in 39. Barney Battles Jr. got it in 50, so 50 and 50. Uh, Dave McCulloch got 50 and 55. Willie Bald, 50 and 58. Archie Kelly, 50 and 61. Jock White got 50 and 67. Percy Dawson, 50 and 69. And Andy Black got 50 and 74. Shankland could beat them if he gets it before he gets to 81 appearances, you would feel he would get there pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's just you or if it's me getting older. Sometimes your mind plays tricks on you and you, you kind of look back and we had the conversation about Lawrence Shankland on this podcast at the start of the season. And, and I would say, oh, he started the season poorly. But then I look back and I'm like, well, no, he didn't. It was after the start of the season that, that things went poorly because at the beginning of the season, right, he scores in the first game at St. Johnston. He scores at Rosenberg, 0-0 against Kelly. He scores against Rosenberg at home. 
He scores against Partick Thistle at home, and he scores against Pauk at home. That's five goals in six games that he scored. And we forget that. I certainly did. Then he goes on what I would consider a drought for him at Dundee, at Pauk, home to Motherwell, home to Aberdeen, at St Mirren, at Kilmarnock, at Ross County, and home to Hibs. So he goes... From the 27th of August at Dens Park in a horrible performance for the whole team. So the 27th of August to the 22nd of October without scoring until he scores Hart's goal against Celtic. And in that time, he's not looked back. He's only not scored against Livingston at Kilmarnock when we won 1-0, at home to Rangers when we lost 1-0, and the 3-2 game against Dundee at Tynecastle. That's quite incredible when you think about it. But for for me, thinking he didn't have a good start to the season, he did. Then he had his quiet spell. But my goodness, he's picking up now, is he not? He certainly is. And it would end 3-2 to Hearts. So nine games unbeaten, eight wins from those nine. Four away wins in a row for the first time since 2010-2011. And uh, the most top flight wins today in 13 seasons. That's eight and 12 Points clear in third, all tweeted by the official Hearts channel afterwards, and two and a half thousand Hearts fans making themselves heard in the way. And it was just a, a tremendous afternoon at a blundery dense park. And before we move on, blundery or blustery? Blundery. Did blund- I say blund- oh, that's ironic. Blundery. Yes, blustery. <laughs> I'll leave that one. Uh, before we go, uh, should I play the clip that now has one hundred and twenty-eight? thousand views on twitter and oh yes, yes has 131 bookmarks which means this might get used against myself and robert borthwick yes, at some point down yes, the line yes. but um okay i'll play this this is from the about 93rd minute i think on hearts tv against dundee i'll play this out and then we will move on to our big special guest of course again by the way from the men in maroon over to the right hand side there full time big win for Craig Levine St Johnson 1-0 away to Ross County and uh, the the new era apparently at Hibs kick started with all those big signings uh, has got off to a flying start final score Hibs now St Mirren 3 at Easter Road Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk This week on Scarves Around the Funnel, we're delighted to be joined by a man who was born in Edinburgh but made an Airdrie in many ways. He's described as versatile on London Hearts. Who else could we have on a week that Hearts will play Airdrieonians in the Cup but a man who represented both clubs? It's Mr Jimmy Sanderson. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Not bad. Missing you, obviously, because we were away from home at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Apart from that, are you looking forward to, to a game that has, it's, well, basically the Jimmy Sanderson derby I am and you know the funny thing about it I watched the draw coming through um, and as we all do as as heart supporters 
you're thinking, you know, who do we want in the next round? I'm thinking, take anybody at home. If I'm not at home, uh, then he want to go to Ibrox. Then he want to go to Parkhead. Could do without going to Petardry either, probably. And then the one after that, I'm thinking, who who would I want? And I'm thinking, oh, it'd be an interesting one if if the diamonds come out. And 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 you know, that was chosen. And and that's exactly what happened. And I'm thinking, oh, that's an interesting one for me. Certainly, you're absolutely right because two clubs at my in my in my heart that I love to play for. Before I was a diamond, I was a, a Hearts player, and and you know, eighteen years at both clubs, absolutely loved it. Um, and I probably would have finished my career at Airdrie if the club hadn't gone into liquidation. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a bit of I'm, I'm slightly going to be on the fence, um, and I hope that, that both of these don't push me for a a huge question of who I think I want to win. Obviously, in this podcast, a better tip for the hearts, but I, I, I'm certainly both cheeks are on the fence. <laughs> I fucking hate Airdrie, Jimmy, and so does <laughs> everybody listening. Absolutely <laughs> detest them. Many they people were... did. I have to say, I have That's to the thing. Many people did. And good on you because you made yourselves detestable because of the way you played. And and I'm looking at the results um, that that Hearts had. And I know Laurie's got a stat that you lost your first two against Hearts and never lost again. We did not know how to play you. Why was that? It's very interesting, and I, I, I can only take you back to the manager's philosophy. And I keep calling him the manager every time I see him. I keep saying. All right, Gaffer, how are you? I've still got that respect for him, Alec McDonald. And he had a philosophy at Hearts, and he, and he, and he certainly showed that philosophy at Adrianians, where he quite simply said, make sure you don't let a good player play. It's as simple as that. This dead basic philosophy. Make sure that if you're up against a really good player, don't give him the time and space to, 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 make, to show that he's a really good player. And he, and he just installed that in every single player at, at, at the Diamonds at Airdrie, where... We we were we were as fit as we could be. It was a huge um, advocate of being fit. You couldn't get in his team if you weren't able to run all day, tackle, jump, head, whatever he wanted you to do. But he certainly made sure that when he done his his analysis on the opposition, if he if he had one or two key players, then he made sure that we we tried to stop them from playing. Quite simply like that. And if we had to do it from a slightly more physical element, then then that was fine. That that you were allowed to do it in those days. But um, that was his basic philosophy. Don't let good teams and good players certainly in, in good teams play. And if we can play off the back of that, then fine. And a lot of these games kind of worked out that way, um, where we denied the time and space for good good players. I can take you back to the, the old Hearts days, where a couple of times he actually got me from the reserves and threw mm-hmm. me into the first team. He marked John Collins. Simple yep. as that. And, I, and, and he said, do nothing else apart from stay all over him. As soon as he gets the ball, I want you right in his face to deny him time and space. And, and it was there was moments where he did that for, for a lot of key games. Um, and it was very successful. It's funny that we are speaking on a day that Neil Warnock has been appointed as Aberdeen manager. And Neil Warnock and Alex McDonald are the same age. Yet Alex hasn't coached since 1999 at Airdrie. And Warnock's now getting a, a new lease of life at, at Pitodre. And, and listening to his press conference today, there, there's something to be said, I, I, I think, for the old methods. And I know we've got this the, not new way of playing, because football's football. 
But there's so, so many other things that you can now use to help you prepare during games. But there's something to be said for the old school way, is there not? I would agree. I would agree. And, and, and you know, I have a, a son, as you know, who's, who's into coaching now, and there's a, there's a new way. And and he kind of finds my my beliefs and the way I kind of talk about football is slightly archaic, and I kind of get that. But you, you know, when you strip it back, um, football's a game of of passion. Two teams: who's the hungrier, who runs the more miles, who gets back quicker, who makes balls the challenge. Balls in boxes. Balls in boxes. You hear me saying that most weekend. Wide men delivering balls in boxes. All these kind of things. You know, it, it's it's not that different, but it is. Different, you know, shapes are different now. How they work at the ball from the back. I mean, I, you know, the, some of the goalkeepers I I played with, um, you know, if you knocked the ball back to them, you know, they just they just kicked up the park, and, and they wouldn't be able to, with a great suspect, maybe apart from Nicky Walker, um, wouldn't be able to do what the goalkeepers do nowadays. So that there is there's variations on that, but um, no, it's it, you know, there's nothing wrong with sometimes being that good old fashioned football player where you've got to win your headers when your challenges, deliver balls in boxes, and just do the simple things that, that make that team and you a, a, a good player. Uh, Jimmy, I want to take you back to when you were still at Hearts, first off, because your first involvement in a, a Hearts and Airdrie Cup game, I believe, was at the other side. I'm looking, looking back at January 1991, Scottish Cup third round uh, at Broomfield under Joe Jordan, and this is a Hearts team. I was looking at some of the players alongside you. Know, you've got Henry Smith, Alan McLaren, Gary Mackay, Dave McPherson, John Cahoon, Scott Crabb, John Robertson. So, you know, apart from yourself, it's, it's a pretty good Hearts team there. So t- tell us what happened to this one. Do you remember it? 2 1 defeat. Do yes, think, I do. I, do you think I, I after do. this, it's like, screw this, I'm going to jump ship? No, no, no. I mean, far from that. But. Um, I, I do remember it because at that time there, there was a, a bit of um, um, noise going about me maybe, you know, going to Airdrie. And I think previous to that, I think Jimmy Bone was the manager and he was kind of sniffing about me and, and I kind of turned it down because I felt, I still felt I had um, a, a, a space for me at heart. So I wanted to keep trying to, to get into that first team and, and secure my place, um, unfinished business as we spoke previously. And I remember I remember the game was a tough game. I mean, Broomfield was a horrible, horrible place to play. Um, and I knew that when I went there, you, you knew opposition teams absolutely hated it. They hated the dressing room. They hated the park. They hated everything about it. So it gave the Airdrie just a, a slight advantage, certainly. But I remember that game, we, we eventually lost 2-1. And I remember coming out and there was a wee bunch of Airdrie supporters um, screaming at me, thinking, "Thank goodness we've no boat." You um, gave me <laughs> gave me pelters, and because I turned that that move down, and strangely enough, you know, uh, you know, a number of months later or whatever, I then decide to go, kind of thing. Um, and it was a strange one, but I do remember it. it was It was a it was a difficult difficult game, um, horrible atmosphere, part was poor, um, yeah, and, and we eventually lose. And it's a game that I would imagine majority of heart supporters were thinking we should be beating this team and we didn't and I it was it was a difficult afternoon. Gary scored first. We missed an absolute sitter to go 2-0 up. But what do you remember about playing at Broomfield? Obviously it's it's a far 
less intimidating place to play when you're playing for the home side. But going there, I remember it well, um, going through on the supporters' bus, there's 9,500 there, and Hearts were expected to win comfortably. But as long as it was 1-0, you always got that feeling, oh, Jesus, um, anything's possible. But the Airdrie fans really helped their team and and ultimately from a Hearts perspective it, it didn't work that day and we lost by two goals to one but what was the what was it like playing against the Airdrie crowd and playing with the Airdrie crowd on days like this big days well the first thing I remember that going through the front gate is previous to that the hampers were going I remember Alan Ray he was taking the hampers in and we were just at the back of them maybe um 10, 15 yards at the back of him, and, and, and he got the hampers in, and we just, I remember we kind of walked in, and he, he, he just asked us to, to get out of the way, because the, the dressing room was so small, you couldn't get the hampers in, and 16 players, do you know what I mean? It, it was it was that bad, and once he got his kit out, they had, to, they had to bring all the hampers back out again, for us to then come in. So there, there was a bit of a, a bit of a confusion, and, and you know, you know a bit of ill feeling there, because the dressing room was so small, Um. And right away, you think, my goodness, you, you, and you start to have a look around the place, you're thinking, goodness me. You get a look at the park, you're thinking, whoa. And even before we've even loosened our ties and took our jackets off to, to get the team get to get dressed, you're thinking, whoa, you're, you're, you're just feeling it, you're not your best. There's, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's last things to overcome here this afternoon. And it kind of started as early as that, even well before kickoff. But you then think, you know, we've got enough on the team. We've got quality players with the Robos and the Gary McKay's, and you know, we should be we should be winning that game. And but you just get sucked into what's you know the the, the atmosphere, that the poor park, that things are not going well. There's a bit of a slope, bit of a wind. You know, the, the, there's the home the aggressive home support, and things just didn't work out at all for us. And you're right, we missed we missed a really good opportunity to to go ahead or, or increase the the. The goal there, but it just it was just from start to finish it was uncomfortable. It was it was a it was a it was a real test, and and you know I never forgot that game. And when I kind of moved there, we used Broomfield in in that way to try and intimidate opposition teams. Looking at Airdrie, you have to be of a, a certain vintage to to feel what Mark does against Airdrie. I know a lot of, oh, sure. a lot of younger fans maybe don't feel that. I mean. The last meeting between Hearts and Adrianians was January 2020 under Daniel Stendhal. I commentated on this alongside Mr. Sanderson. Fourth round, 5 0 win. Andy Irving, Sean Clare, Stephen Naismith, Ewan Henderson, Craig That's Halpern, new Airdrie, though. That, that, that's not but, old Airdrie. But, but prior to that, though, 10 competitive games in all competitions without a win against Airdrie and five cup matches, if you include um, semi final, but two games, so four in the Scottish Cup in the league, and one in the League Cup. Without a win, I mean, we lost against New Airdrie as well on penalties in two thousand and eight in the League Cup. But if we go before that, so obviously with yourself being involved, Jimmy, it, it just from that cup game that we spoke about when you were on the Hearts side, from then on up until pretty much that game we commentated on what four years ago, yeah, Airdrie just seemed to have the uh, the Indian sign, as they say, over Hearts, didn't they? And it, I think it starts with the. April 92, Scottish Cup semi-final, two games at Hamden, and by this point, you're obviously playing in the, the red and white of Airdrieonians. Yeah, and you know, it, it's amazing. We spoke so many times, my ex-colleagues, speaking to Watty Kid a couple of days ago, and, and we do have moments where we, we look back on 
some of these um, runs in the Scottish Cup, and you think, well, why, why, what, what, what was the reason for it? And we, 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 none of us have got a, a real answer for it. Was it the, maybe a double bonus, extra money in the in the, the pot for winning? Was it because it was on television? Was it a bigger atmosphere, more crowd, um, the chance to show your 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 your, your skills against a better team? Um, I, I actually, we, we still don't know what the reason was for us playing so well in these big big games. But there there was. I mean, certainly for for myself, it's always nice when you go back against your old team to do well against them. Know that you're 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 trying to make any kind of point but it's always nice to do that and I was very fortunate that it happened so many times against us and again with a really good record certainly myself and Watty and, and the Hearts boys when we went to Easter Road we, we, we seemed to have a wee bit of hoodoo over them over Hibs at the same time through that kind of four or five years we were kind of cup specialists but I would I, I've said to you before I would have, I would have changed I probably wouldn't have changed at all but I would have liked to have been more um, dominant in the league you know, you know, and, and go maybe try to get us back up to the Premier League. I always thought we're a a decent first division team, but we we, we deserve to be in the, the, the higher up. But we just didn't didn't get enough quality games throughout the season to 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 win the league. But certainly, in in some of the cup games, we were absolutely excellent, and I can fully understand why teams were thinking. You know, if they didn't don't do not get Airdrie in that cup because we just played our best football at the best times to, to, to get deeper into most of these contests. 1992 and 1995. The 1992 semi-final went to a replay um, before Hearts eventually lost it. And the 1995 one, Hearts lost by a goal to nil Steve Cooper just before the half-hour mark. They were both uh, horrific to lose from a, a Hearts perspective and... Some people will have one ranked over the other as to, to what was worth. They were both just dreadful. What was what was a bigger win for you boys at Airdrie? Um, beating Hearts in the semis in 1992 or beating them in the semis over 90 minutes in 1995? Um, it's difficult to, to elevate one above the other. I think both, both were exceptional victories. From from our point of view, from Alan McDonald's point of view, from the old Hearts players in a sense, but you know the replays in those days. So you always felt like you, you had your, your our best opportunity would be the first game when it when when the first game goes to a replay, you're kind of fancying Hearts then. But again, we had a, a just a, a belief that we that we, I spoke about Alan McDonald's philosophy before about you know denying time and space. But what what we knew is is there weren't many teams at that particular time who who were any fitter than us, who could outrun us, who could, you know, um, compete with us, um, and and we were we were we were convinced that if it, if it came to that, then we would get over the line. If it came to a bit of quality, a bit of you know a bit of Robo quality or a, or a Calhoun quality or whatever, you know, a really good Hearts player, a bit of quality, then fine. You, you, you can't deny that. But we knew if it came to a bit of a toe to toe and a scrap. And it was a it was a contest that way. Then we would be in the fight, but I, I couldn't elevate any one of those three games above either. They, they were they were all particularly um, good for us. Certainly, when you I mean, I missed I missed. I, I can take you back to that ninety two semi final. I sadly picked up one one of my my only booking in the semi final, um, and I missed the cup final in ninety two. Um, I had to sit out because the rest of my bookings were taken up from the league. But I only had one booking in the, in, in the contest at Scottish Cup, and that was in the semi-final. So 
the, justified booking though, wasn't it? Uh, well, no, no, I would, I would disagree one hundred percent. You try to wind me up. Um, of course, he's trying to wind. Oh, and what? Um, so it, that was that was. I mean, I would probably elevate ninety five more than ninety two because I didn't play the ninety two cup final. And that was that was a sore one for me because I just I, it, things had went really well for me moving from Hearts to Ayrs. And, and I know a lot of people were thinking, you know, there's only one way this is going to work out and it's it's, it's not going to be good. When you leave Hearts to go somewhere else, it's not many times that people, you know, become more successful. But it was going well for me because we, we'd we gone to the 91 League Cup semi-final where we played them firmly and there was an opportunity to get a cup final there, but didn't, didn't work out there. Another poor refereeing decision. Late in handball. Uh, well, tell me about it. And then we go to the, the semi-final in 92. So, you know, there was, there was a period there where we were we were we were flying a wee bit, and and I know, and, and sadly for me, there was, there was two two occasions that didn't work. So I've, I've missed the '92 Cup final. Um, I've I've had to sit in the stand and and watch the boys, and I thought they they were they were really you know great performance, and lucky to lose on the day two one to Rangers. Big smudgy scores the goal later on, and there was a bit of a, a kind of comeback there. But you know, again, you're you're looking at you know a national cup final. We didn't disgrace ourselves. We're a first division team. People are thinking that we're going to be absolutely battered by the mighty Rangers, and we didn't. We were we were in the game. We made it a contest. So that was that was that was lovely. But I would probably elevate ninety five because I I made sure that I wasn't going to get suspended. Then I wanted to I wanted to make the cup final. I'd missed the ninety two cup final. So I get myself into a cup final ninety five and. and and I know when I look back at it, the sore thing is, sadly for me, I've met Hearts in the two semi-finals, and 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 I and I, I would have, I would have changed that for the world. I didn't even want to play in a team that denied you know any Scottish Cup success, but it just happened that way. It just it is what it was, and but certainly if I'm going to elevate the market, probably be ninety-five because I then get myself in a cup final, I lead mm-hmm. my team, out, and I, and I've got an opportunity then to lift the Scottish Cup, and again we lose one nil, you know. Bit of a tight affair, um, so that for me would be, you know, I would elevate that above the ninety-two one. You never lost the cup game against Hearts. I know you say you obviously you'd ideally didn't want to have to deny Hearts any progress, but there must have been party that enjoyed coming up against them because we've had, you know, we've had Gary Locke on the podcast and he said, you know, when he was at Kelly, some people would give him sticks saying, oh, you're going to come up against Hearts, you're not going to. You're not going to put as much effort, and he said it was quite the opposite because all his pals were Hearts fans, and and he felt he, he wanted to prove a point more against Hearts. And you know, we got McGowan comes on here. Sometimes he accidentally says we for Hearts, and then we for St Johnston. And again, when he plays Hearts, he, he he enjoys it, but he he wants to get one over his team as much as as much as any. That must have given you some satisfaction as well to to get one over Hearts, not in a, a vindictive sense, but just coming up against a team that you obviously you played for for so long. Yeah. 100% and and you know we spoke previous to it I mean Alan McDonald knew the team inside out and he always felt that, that he wanted to do really well against them we you know we wanted to do well myself Wattie's um, the David Kirkwood's the, the, the Sandys and all these people that Kenny Black's um, yeah you, you, you do you, you, you kind of want to send a message without being too rude to the opposition that you think well you know um, maybe maybe I should have stayed longer maybe we should have stayed longer as, as, as players um, rather than kind of leave at that specific time, but when you go somewhere else, um, you do you, you you probably try a wee bit harder just to show people that you were actually you know a bad player in your in your in your time in your in, in your space there. But um, there, there was so many. Things. I think one of the one of the games I remember one of the two semi finals. I think Gary McKay was playing right wing back, um, and that I don't know if it was ninety two one, but um, we we kind of we kind of 
kind of picked on him because we knew, I mean, Alan McDonald knew Gary inside out and then he knew he wasn't a right back. But I think that Joe Jordan done playing slightly um, right in a, in, a, in a four or whatever, but he was he had to then track back. So we, I remember one of the kind of tactics we spoke about was put the ball over Gary's head in that right channel and try and, try and get him back into a right back area where we know he will be uncomfortable. Because we knew, because the ex-Hearts boys and, and the, the manager knew that Gary McCarthy was never a right back. So there was there was little things like that that we, we, we knew we knew what to do in certain situations. We knew obviously about Robbo. I mean, you know, so we, we you know we, we think about putting maybe one of our best defenders or maybe our most agile defenders on Robbo and, and just denying him time and space. We spoke about that earlier. Alan McDonald was great for that. And we just knew that there was passages you play and people that if we just kept them quiet at a specific time, then that, that you know we could make this a contest. And it just worked out that way. And it worked out a number of times over, over the games that we played hearts that we, we, we kept the right people quiet, we got into good areas and 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 you know the tactics we we used, you know, physicality, yeah, that's fine. Um our work rate was good, you know, we were we were fit, we got in the park and we you know and don't forget we we had some decent strikers in our day. You know, an Owen Coyle, you know, an Andy Smith, a we Alan Lawrence, um we eventually get Peter Davenport. And um, Justin Fashionu. So oh, we had some, Robert Davenport. Yeah, we had some decent, decent finishers in our in our in our team. And it was just a matter of um, as as the manager would like to do, get it as quickly forward to these guys, and let's see if they can finish. And, and some of them did. Some of them finished really well over the period. So you know, let, let's not take away the fact that we, we, we had a, a reputation of being. I think we're we're called the Beastie Boys at one stage from. A number of papers where we were, we had a physicality about us. We, we, you know, we we weren't going to get turned over. We weren't going to get nobody was going to ruffle our feathers. But I kept saying to people that, that there was a bit of quality in there at the top end of the park that when we needed a goal, um, these guys could deliver. I'm looking at the semi-final replay, and you guys had physicality, and that that like you played your strengths, and that Absolutely. and that's what you did. But I mean, Hearts had McLaren, Snodden, who would certainly. Battle in there, Levine, McPherson, Ian Baird. I mean, Jesus, he'd knock you out with a miss. So the if it, it, it's just one of those things. It's it's just it wasn't a good matchup for Hearts, and and it was the same prior to all the games. It, that dafty John Martin, the goalkeeper, would have the giant pair of gloves on the back of the sun or the the Daily Record and and whatever. And it's on us, and it's no surprise as well, Jimmy, that. In 92, Rangers only beat you 2-1. And in 95, Celtic only beat you 1-0. You were not an easy team to play against. That was the thing. And, and you know, the, the the worry, and again, using one of the manager's phrases, um, you know, the fear factor. He always put a fear factor in you just to make sure that, you know, if we're going to lose the game, we'll lose it in the right manner. We'll lose it because we've tried our best and we've covered the ground and we've done the, the, the yardage. But... You know, he didn't want to get thumped five and six nil. You know, what I mean, he would install the anti. So there was a bit of a fear factor there. So we never, even when we went a goal down, we never we, we tried not to go away. We tried to get back in the game. We were, we were. I, I get that. I, I mean, I've watched a number of games over the piece, and I, I can see, I can see what people didn't like about us. Just, just the the the, the unwillingness to to give in or or to just. Just to, to walk aside because we know that we know that a lot of teams we played against in those days were, were probably better than us technically, better players. People will go international caps, but you know when it comes down to it, the manager kept saying it comes down to it. Every part of the, the, the every blade of grass in the park, it, it's a one v one. And if you win your individual battles, 
then what's the problem? And if you didn't win your individual battles, then I'll take you off and put somebody else on that'll win that battle for me. So there was there was there was a contest there all the time to try and get in the manager's team and 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 yeah, I, I can understand that. I speak to a lot of ex-Hearts players about those days, and and they they th- you know they just they keep saying you're just horrible to play against. Not a moment would you leave us alone or or stop playing or or go away. Just constantly at us, and you know I, I keep saying I, I can't speak high enough, Alan McDonald, for for that philosophy. And it must have been a difficult time, especially in those two semi-finals um, that we've we've managed to get through the cup final. Would you get away with that style these days, or if not, how much would you have to tweak it with the way that football is refereed these days? Yeah, you'd, I, I think you'd have to tweak it immensely. We had, we had, a, we had a number of people who who liked a physical challenge. No question about it. Paul Jack, I mean, what he could loved loved it. We had um, Evan Balfour in Middle Park who um, loved a challenge. Uh, I mean, I, and, and they were all clean. There was no malice. There was, you know, these guys weren't, weren't any dirty players, but I tell you what, you, if you went past them, you, you, you wouldn't go past them a second time. Um, loved a challenge, loved to get their shirts dirty, loved to, loved to, loved to get into people's heads and, 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 and try and manipulate them mentally. You know, I'm here, you know about me, I'm, I've got a physical presence. And, and these guys were, were, were big, big players. But again, I, I go back to the little bit of quality at the top end that, that we did have. These guys could finish. But I think if, you're going to, if, if we had that team now, Playing right now, we we you know with VAR going on and and, and all the things that I, I, you know I would like to think we would would have to change our ways, but um, for one or two that might have been difficult in that that Adrian team. I'm going to change a question a little bit for you because you mentioned your former teammate and someone you had to come up against, Mr. John Robertson, and week in week out. You now watch a certain Lawrence Shankland playing for Hearts. Now more than 20 goals in a season. First player to do that since Robbo. First player, obviously, since Robbo to now do it two seasons in a row. Comparisons being drawn. Can can you compare the two of them? Obviously, in terms of longevity and numbers, Robbo still well in front. But certainly Shankland is, is doing the business, isn't he? Almost just one off 50 goals now. It's been a terrific return, isn't it? I mean, it's been absolutely terrific. And you know, the, the strange thing about it, we, we, we've all commented on his physicality at the moment. I mean, people may be saying he's putting a, a little bit of poundage on here and there. I, I actually think that's, that's that's a decent thing for him in, a, in terms where even just his, his, his goal of the night there against um, Dundee, where he, he's now able to compete with centre-halves. He's quite happy to get into a physical battle with centre-halves, um, maybe pin them, twist them, turn them, Take a challenge off them, and we know that he can score with both feet. We know he's deadly in the box. Um, he's got all these things. I mean, is there a comparison to him and Robbo? Um, probably Robbo was never a great runner. Would, he, would Robbo ever shut a fullback down? Absolutely no chance. Um, do we see Charlton doing a bit of work deeper? Yes, we do. I'm not too sure if the two of them had, had a hundred yards race who would win, but um, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, strikers strikers are all for for scoring goals, and that's that's we were we were. We were happy to have Robbo in any five-a-side, seven-a-side training session. If you were picking a team, you'd pick Robbo because you knew he was going to score. I'd imagine it would be the same for Shatland. He, he, the lad scores goals, and whether he can't do other parts of the game as well as other people, then I, 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 it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, Robbo, you go back to Robbo, it didn't matter. He wasn't interested in fullbacks or getting across to Shatland. He just knew what he needed to do. He always sniffed out a little half-yard. He knew where to be. He could finish. And, and that's fine. And I, it, it, maybe maybe now we're maybe looking 
too much into what a centre forward should do, what a centre forward should look like. Then, the end of the day, it should be about a return. And, and I feel Shankland's got an unbelievable return. And people will compare the two, but I think they were, you know, in height, size, and, and you know, they, they were different to look at. But Shankland's got a return, and it, you know, if if he continues to do that, sadly, I, I don't see him staying at Hearts too long. Okay, well, hopefully you're wrong on that one. But let's look ahead to to this Sunday. The um, terrible kickoff, I have to say, Sunday five pm should be at home, having our Sunday roast at that point. But that's not Airdrieonians or Hearts' fault. That's the slot that we've got for the the TV game and the Jimmy Sanderson derby. Hearts have only faced Airdrie once in the last fifteen years. That was the twenty twenty game that we mentioned at Tynecastle. Back then, Airdrie were in League One. Now they are fifth in the second tier, so in the championship, only four points off a playoff spot with a game in hand at the moment over Morton. And playing some great football under Reese McCabe, who's still only 31. I know you've seen them, Jimmy. You'll be at the game on Sunday with that um, very tough thing for you in terms of where your allegiances lie. But what, what are we going to expect from this Airdrie team? A very different Airdrie than the one that you played for. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've I've watched them now twice. I I got invited um, a number of months ago to watch some at home to um, Falkirk, and they finished that game six two. I think they were four goals up at half time. First time I'd seen them live, the shape, um, and one or two of the players. Um, interesting enough, watching their manager play, um, Rhys McCabe heard a lot about him, um. And the system they played and the, the fluency, they, they've got one or two young kids. What what they what what's you're probably going to see and, and, and it's reiterated when I watched them against uh, Ray Throvers that night, that is every single one of them is very, very comfortable on the ball. Very comfortable on the ball. There's no anybody that, that looks to kind of move on quickly. They, they don't look like they've got any kind of physicality about them in a sense where they just it's just movement and, and getting to getting to where they need to be. They, they play. They play set up that four two three one on both occasions, um, and the, the the three behind um, Todorov certainly on um, Friday night. They are you know were, were really decent. They got beyond them. They got into space. They made good runs, kind of similar to a George Grant run where he goes beyond Shankland and and picks it up. Um, they've got a bit of width. Um, they, they they have they're a decent team. I have to say they're a decent team. Um, and they deserve to win the other night there. And the strange thing about it, the, the, the actual manager, the player manager, Reese McCabe, plays, he's a, he's actually a midfielder, but he plays it at right centre half, which I think may be a little opportunity for Shankland maybe to, to come onto his side, because again, we spoke earlier about the physicality that, that Shankland can, can use now. Um, Reese McCabe's quite a small lad, in a, in a sense, as a, in, in comparison to a, a right centre half. Um, he's, he's partnered in, in defence with the big, big lad for dice. Um, he's a big lad, but Reece is quite a small, but he's very comfortable on the ball. He, he reads it really well. He knows when to come out of challenge and look for dice challenge, and 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 he's and he's got his team playing. So you know, and, and for that side of it, um, that there, there'll be a, a bit of a worry. I'm, I'm no doubt Neesmith, I, I love it about all organised, but um, on their surface, at their ground, the way they're playing, they, they've got a goal threatening them. They're very comfortable on the ball. Yet they've they've certainly shown signs that they may think that they could get over the line in this Scottish Cup tie. Mark, I mean, this is a, t- a game of two form teams basically. Hearts unbeaten in nine, 
Airdrie unbeaten in seven. One of those games, a 1-0 win over Premiership side St Johnston. And it's it's a game where nothing to lose for Airdrie, isn't it? And this is a decent championship team playing with confidence, playing good football. It's, well, it shouldn't be a walk in the park for Hart, certainly. And Airdrie will be looking to make it very difficult. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to get Jimmy's take on on this as well. I, I think the, the fixture is better for Hearts at Airdrie than it is at Tynecastle because I know he likes to play football, but uh, we've seen a lot of teams now coming and sitting in at Tynecastle, some more than others. Uh, but there seems to be, Jimmy, a, a kind of onus on Airdrie. They know they're going to give Hearts most of the ball, but there will be that onus from the support. Come on, let, let's have a goal, let's attack. And that's where Hearts might get their best opportunities because Hearts are going to have a lot of the ball in this game, but do you feel the the way that Reese McCabe has his team playing that he's not going to go toe to toe with Hearts? But do you think he might be slightly more adventurous against Hearts than he would be if he was at Tynecastle? I would agree. I would agree. I think there'll be a an expectancy to play the way the system that he's been playing, which is which is really quite open um, and expansive, and they will knock it about at the back. They will they will draw. They'll try and draw Shankland or whoever's going to be in, and he certainly doesn't try and move it about. Um, they, they, they will do that. Um, I, I agree with you. I expect Hearts to have enough of the ball to dominate the ball. That's what I would, I would be expecting. Um, but they, when, when they when they do get it, they are they are comfortable and they, they will have their little moments where they'll play little triangles. They'll go about the park. They're very comfortable. I've said that earlier, and I'll say it again. That they're, they're, they're all very comfortable in the ball. But you're right. There might be a, a slight expectation from the home support that, that, that that's the way they should play and they shouldn't change it for anybody. And and, and I think the, the, the slight downfall is they play this way, and I noticed it against Wraith Rovers, you will get chances against it. They, they are expansive, they, they, they do take chances, they do try and get forward very quickly as a team, and there will be, there will be opportunities. I, I, I'm no question about it, it just depends what we are. If you're, if you're going to play against, I, I would probably like to see a couple of wingers from Hearts, certainly wide men, um, and, and using the width, um, Shriver is quite a wide, quite a wide park, um, and I think if we do that, that that you know, it, I think we can get to them certainly in wider areas. Um, the, the two centre halves and certainly the player manager didn't like to come into those areas. That was for sure. But there, there's certainly movement. They've got a, a couple of young kids in, in the three behind Todorov, who who I think we could, how can I say it? Gently bully them, I, 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 you know. They're, they're nice and comfortable on the ball, but they're, they're, you know, I think there's, there's more maturity in our midfield that, that should dominate that area. And I didn't see that as a problem, but I think the message will be sent that, that they are comfortable on the ball and they're good on the ball. And and when they want to transfer it, if, I mean, Todorov went off during the week there. Certainly, um, Ray Thrower. I don't know if he's going to be fit for Sunday, but he 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 chases everything down. He's got a physicality about him. He's got a lovely, lovely finish about him too. Um so he will be a he will be the main threat. And, and maybe there's something about trying to keep him quiet. Other two sit up Kent and, and whoever, whoever it be, Kings or whatever, I'll I'll have the work out, but he's certainly a threat up top. But um yeah, I, I would like us to I would I would think we, we should be able to dominate the ball in the middle of the park. And I hope we do that. Laurie, it's like a Madonna song, True Colours, from Jimmy. We've had our, we've had we, and we've <laughs> had noticed. us. And then at the end, he'll be like, oh, I can't really choose between <laughs> the two. 
I was uh, you beat me to it. I was gonna I was gonna highlight that McGowan makes that slip a few times on here as well. Mm-hmm. And it's the quickly backtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, yet yeah, Odorov, uh, you, hopefully it's not a Jimmy Sanderson tale of a, a former Hearts player comes back to haunt the men in maroon for Airdrie in a, a cup game, albeit someone who never made any impact at Hearts, Todorov, but doing very well at Airdrie. Now, do, do we do we want to make some predictions before we let Jimmy get on with his evening and oh, try course. to remember to say we an hour about Airdrie on Sunday <laughs> when he's in hospitality? Shall we let the our, our super guest go first? Yes. What do you think, Jimmy? You're going to give us a score? For Sunday, last tough one. I've watched a few games. Uh, they they look they look comfortable in possession. I've been watching the Hearts lately. I think they're in a. I'm going to use the word we for Hearts. I think we're in a really good place at the moment. I think defensively we're we're, we're relatively comfortable. Um, you've got Shanker at the top end of the park who's just doing it for me at the moment. Yet I'm going to probably predict a two-one away victory. We'll, we'll do a scorer as well. Just you just have to pick one. Who, who's oh. going to get on the score sheet? Do you think one one of the goal scorers for Hearts would be um, always very easy to pick Shanklin, but he's on fire, isn't he? Um, you can. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. No, I'd like to go against that. I'd like to go against that. I'm going to go for a. Who am I going to go for? I'm going to go for a Kingsley free kick. Oh, nice. Hopefully he's recovered for that one. But yeah, he's. He's hopefully going to be on, on form. He's done it before in the Scottish Cup. But what do you think, Mark? I think there'll be goals the way Airdrie will want to play, and the way yeah. you know, especially if Hearts go with the four-two-three-one again, because we've seen in recent games it serves us better going forward, but it does leave mm-hmm. some gaps for teams to get in behind us as well. Well, it's how many Hearts will score in the second half? Because <laughs> um, I think it'll be I think it'll be two 0 I'm going to say. A Scott Fraser first Ooh. goal. I think it's a good game for him. For Hart and Midlothian. I think he'll get a chance in this game. Um, he obviously came off the bench against Dundee. I think he might might even start. I wouldn't be surprised if he started in this one. Yeah. I think he'll I think he'll get a goal. Three one hearts. Well, Jimmy, it's been a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, you you've got a, a win win or a lose lose situation on Sunday. Either way you'll come out of it, someone will be buying you a drink, I'm sure. And yeah, hopefully one of our three predictions comes right and we've got plenty of balls in the boxes on a, a nice greasy surface and a few good finishes. That's what we're after. We just Thank need a Scott, much, Scott Crabb, Jimmy Sanderson goal celebration between Shankland and, and Scott Fraser and, and our day is complete. Correct. I'm available for uh, booking in trouble. Come and we'll, we'll teach them. No problem. <laughs> Speak soon, mate. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So a big thanks to James Sanderson for joining us and previewing the Cup game on Sunday. Before then, Hearts do travel to McDermott Park to play St Johnston. Now, we are recording this late on Monday, so the time you listen to this, you may well have already watched that game or it might be on the day, so we're not going to take too much time previewing it, plus Mr McGowan's managed to bottle this podcast, so it takes a bit of the fun out of it as well, albeit I'm interested to see if he tries a Trevella at some point in this one, and probably gets screamed at by Craig Levine. Um, But we should say St Johnson got a a very important win at the weekend, thanks to a goal Mm -hmm. from Kim Pioca, 
a 34th minute winner for them away to Ross County. So a big win for Craig Levine's men after a run of six without a victory, which puts them five points clear of second bottom Ross County. And it's the game that always seems to be midweek. Mark, going into this one, you know, hearts full of confidence at some point. Obviously, we have to slip up. Craig Levine is a, a wily character, knows the team well. Did pretty well at shutting things down against Hearts at Tynecastle across the, the piece. Shanklin with the only goal in that one in the 61st minute. Uh, Hearts also won against St. Johnson last time. They've won two away to them now in a row. Will it be three in a row at McDermott? For the I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I'm intrigued to see if they go three at the back or four at the back. They played four at the back against Ross County. They've played three at the back recently against Aberdeen and and others. It was Considine and McGowan um, against Ross County. Good win for them. Actually, it's like the Kevin Bridges joke about um, staying up and then you you know that um, once the shitty games come on sports scene, he, he tells a joke about the, the dad switches over to the adult channel. That's another story. But this was the last game that's on. So the reason I kind of I watched it was because I wanted... It was part of the bet from last week. That if he if he has a Travella shown on Scorch. sports scene, well, that's to be decided. But if look, if it's, if it's if it merits a, a highlight on sports scene, then he's done something right. But he didn't. He didn't. So they got a good win. But Ross County had a lot of chances. Jan Danda pulled the strings and obviously it didn't quite work for them as far as getting goals were concerned. Mitov had a good game. I thought Ryan and Considine at the back were were pretty solid. There was one time, and I can say it because he's not on, but there was one time I think on, on the right-hand side he got done and the boy crossed it right across the face and they were slightly fortunate it didn't end up in the back of the net. So I'm intrigued as to what formation we go because it... We're trying to Levine will try and second guess what Naismith's going to do. Naismith might try and second guess what Levine is, is going to try and do. And I think if we've got the pace of Forrest on one side and Vargas on the other, with Shanklin through the middle, then it might it might work with a 4-3-3. Um I think that they'll be less adventurous as Dundee were, which I don't know if it suits hearts or not. I still think they'll they'll have a go because they're at home to an extent, but I don't think they'll be frightened to give the likes of Frankie Kent and whoever else is playing at the back the ball. And if you, Even if you go back a couple of weeks to the episode, um, or last week I think it was, when Ryan was on, his his explanations of what Levine said to them uh, prior to the game at Tyne Castle, what he does, um, how they they, uh, they try and adapt to, to Shankland, it's worth listening to again, and that that will not change this week. So... Yeah, um, interesting, interesting. I, I, I think we might say, and I know we were speaking earlier with Jimmy um, about Scott Fraser. I think I would start Scott Fraser in this game. I think mm-hmm. we need someone that, that might just be good at unlocking um, a defence, whether it's four or, or five or three at the back that, that they go. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I would be disappointed, given our results and where we've won this season, having already won in Perth, if we didn't win there again. Would I take a point? No, I, I want all three from this one. I want us to wrap third up before the, the top six split, if possible. But it won't be easy, and Levine will have them climbing the walls to try and beat the Billy Big Bollocks of Hearts. Yeah. It'll be an interesting encounter. I think it'll be tough. You know, I think it won't be a game. It won't be like the Dundee game at all. 
I think St Johnson will, will let us have lots of the ball and they'll defend stoutly. And yeah, they've got lots of experience in there. I think it'll be a frustrating evening at times. I think we should come good. I, I'm going to go 2-0 again. Same scoreline that we started the season with at McDermott. Um, but I think they might do well at nullifying some of the more attacking threats from us. I think I'm going to go with a set piece and I'm going to say Frankie Kent is going to get his first league goal for Hearts. 2-0, Frankie Kent to get a goal. I'm going to go 1-0, but the goal to be scored in the first half. Oh. For the first time in 2024. Either, I can't give you an either or, can I? I was going to give you a Forest or a Shankland. I'll, no, I'll stick with one. Okay, I'll, I'll, stick with, I'll stick with Shankland um, with a first half goal. And look, I think when when we look back, I think praise is required because you, whether you were planning to mention it or not, you stood your ground last week uh, amidst fierce fire, saying, "Don't be so fucking <laughs> stupid, Hearts aren't scoring three goals away from home. We never do that. We haven't done it since goodness knows when." And they did. And I know you didn't get the score right, but you were pretty close, and Hearts did score. So, so I, that's twice in two weeks I've praised you. So I can't remember who I said as a goal scorer. Doesn't matter. I think I said Shankland, I think. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I think the Dundee game, I just thought it, it's been quite open between us. So, anyway. yeah, decent, by the way. They'll be, I think they'll be top six. Decent side. I, I agree. It's a, it's a really interesting battle. I don't want to do too much on that, but you know, you got what? It is. Gilly St. Men and Dundee, Hibs, Aberdeen, Neil Warnock. I mean, I don't think Kelly will drop out of it from where they are, but between all those teams, you know. Could be an interesting battle for for all those places. You know, I know we had a good laugh at Hibs, but you just don't know what might happen there. They've signed so many players; it's hard to tell. But obviously, from a Hearts point of view, nice to be sitting where we are. Hopefully, we get another result on Wednesday night and on Sunday against um, McGowan and, and Sanderson's lot. We'll call it we'll call it Sanderson's lot, even though he accidentally says we. And yeah, we'll be back whatever happens to discuss those games and yeah maybe hearts will be falling apart again and if so then hopefully the song's coming from the hearts end in those matches until next time thank you for tuning in if you want to get in touch in the meantime you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk or you can tweet us at around the funnel until next time bye bye 